Hey everybody, this is Liliana Milleva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in woman's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode release. All right, let's dive in. Hello and welcome for another episode of Menopause Made Easy. I'm honored to have a very, very, very special guest today with me. He's a specialist of hormones, recently was named on one the biggest name in anti-aging medicine by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, author of the books Menopause and Natural Hormones and Happy Healthy Hormones, How to Thrive in Menopause, founder of Bright, founder and co-chair of the Coalition to Protect Compound Bioidentical Hormones, organizer of National Summit Committee on the Treatment of Women in Menopause with Bioidentical Hormones, principal investigator for a scientific study of female hormones, and he is a private medical practitioner with offices in Florida, New Mexico, California, and Colorado. He graduated from University of Michigan Medical School in 1968 and he has had a long and distinguished career. In the early days, he trained the first nurse practitioners in the United States and was responsible for health promotion in New Mexico. Dr. Rosenswit is a renewed speaker and lecturer at various medical conferences such as the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, the American College of Advancement in Medicine, and the Age of Management Medicine Group. He is the founder of the Menopause Method and the Institute of Bioidentical Medicine, where he has trained thousands of medical professionals to use bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. His protocol has been used to treat over 12,000 women. In 2019, he was invited to speak in front of the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine of the Society and Efficacy of Bioidentical Hormones. So I'm such an honor to have you, Dr. Rosenswit, today in the show with Menopause Made Easy. Welcome. That sounds menopause made hard with that long list of stuff. <laughs> to make, can we make it hard, really? <laughs> For many women, it's hard because they don't know what to do, where to go, with who to speak. They feel neglected, rejected, dismissed, overlooked, and really wait by themselves to decide in which direction to go, what kind of practitioner to find, and what kind of way of treatment to find. So it's a big discussion and a very hot topic of should we choose hormone replacement therapy or not? Many doctors recommend that, the others not so much. So many women are aware of some risk and they are afraid to try hormone replacement therapy because they was told that it's a potential risk of breast cancer. So uh, today I honored to discuss with you different options and to give them information that they can take informative decision what treatment they have to take. So let's talk about the risk for women to be treated with hormones. Thank you for having me, Diane. I love starting with this topic because false information was given to women and healthcare providers, and it changed something so huge. Like for a thousand years, 
women have been treated with hormones in menopause. Started with the Chinese. And the women who were treated with hormones, it was obvious to every doctor that they did better, a lot better. But in 2002, a false report hit the national media. Well, what it stated was women who were treated with Premarin, which was horse urine-derived estrogen, had a 21% reduction in risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke. And what they also said was there was a statistically insignificant increased risk with the usage of PremPro. And what statistically insignificant means in medicine and in science that don't draw any conclusions, but what the press took and exploded out to the whole planet was there was increased risk. Well, there was no increased risk. By 2006, the study committee was still following up on women, and they reported, but nobody heard about it, that after follow-up, there was no increased risk, even with PremPro. And in 2017, the same study committee published in the same journal that after 18 years of follow-up, there was no increased risk. Hardly anyone has heard of that. It's published in the same journal. Most everyone is poisoned with false information that there's increased risk. So I want to clarify it for everybody. And by the way, I do so in my book that I wrote for women called Happy Healthy Hormones. You're fine to give it away for no charge. And in chapter three, I elaborate on this risk, this very topic. But here's the science. We're all at risk for thousands of diagnoses. A lot of them are not okay. We're all at risk for hundreds of cancers. As a male, I have an increased relative risk for prostate cancer, and there's reasons for that. Women have an increased relative risk for breast cancer, and there's reasons for that. It was not always the case. When I was in medical school, there was no increased relative risk for breast cancer. There's reasons. But given that, given the risks we're all at risk for, women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke than women who are not treated with hormones. Women who've had breast cancer and have had that breast cancer properly treated have an increased risk of recurrence as, as compared to a young woman who's never had breast cancer. However, if these women are treated with hormones, they're at less risk, reduced risk for recurrence than if the women who've had breast cancer, had it properly treated, are not treated with hormones. The science is less risk, less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and stroke. That's the science. In chapter three of my book, I go into detail. And for those of you who would like to read the Bible of risk, I refer to a book by Dr. Avram Blooming and Carol Tavris. And Dr. Blooming is an oncologist, a cancer specialist who specialized in breast cancer. And that's the Bible of risk and showing, demonstrating that there's decreased risk if women are treated with hormones. It's a hard one for people to grasp because they got scared by false information. But I just gave you the current science, less risk. And what is the benefit, actually, of taking hormones? The benefit is enormous. The hormones are the most powerful biochemicals in our body, and the absence of the hormone almost 100% has problems. The main problems I was taught in medical school as a senior 
is that what happens to old people, that they lose their muscles and they can't stand or walk with stability and they fall onto their osteoporotic bones and fracture their hip. And in those days, people died. So our gerontologist, aging specialist doctor, taught our senior medical students, you want to do something for the elderly? Protect their muscles and their bones. The only thing that I know that does that adequately is hormones. Exercise matters, of course, but most everyone will lose their muscles. And in the United States, there's so many assisted living facilities and nursing homes. And most of the people who are in these assisted living facilities and nursing homes are there because of the consequence of lost hormones. They're there because of muscle loss from loss of testosterone, men and women. Testosterone is not a male hormone. Women have more testosterone than they have estradiol, their most potent estrogen. People are in assisted living facilities because of loss of muscle, so they have to go from cane to walker and then wheelchair, and it's that transition that makes it so hard. And then they get into adult diapers because the muscle that holds up the bladder, when they lose the strength of that muscle, they start losing their ability to retain their urine, so they get into adult diapers. That plus loss of cognitive ability is why most people are in nursing homes. So what's the long-range benefit? The main one is staying at home, walking and talking and thinking clearly. Those are the main benefits. There's tremendous protection to the coronary arteries. There's protection to the brain, to the skin, to the vagina. There's people having intercourse. There's women and men having intercourse in their 80s and 90s when you replenish their hormones. They get to retain their intimacy, their vitality. Any doctor or nurse practitioner that treats women and men when I walk down the street, I can tell who's on hormones and who's not on hormones. <laughs> There's a dramatic difference. The list is long, and I list the list in my book, The Many Benefits of These Hormones. So let's talk about the dosage, because I think this is the key. Should be treated with the lowest dosages for the shortest period of time, or how? Well, in the United States, there was 18 million women 40% of all women in menopause in the United States were on hormones in 2002. And then when the study came out, it scared everybody. And the numbers went down to 3% of what they were, from 40% to 3%. And the, the loss of those hormones was so dramatic for so many women that they were desperate and they were reaching out to doctors. So I don't know who invented this false idea. Well, maybe just treat with the lowest amount for the shortest period of time. But that's incorrect. But nobody knew. They were paying attention to the wrong reported study. They got scared. So they thought, well, if you're going to do anything, just go for the lowest dose. Well, that's, that's incorrect. We want to do the right dose forever. No one's going to separate me from my testosterone. <laughs> so long as I can take off the top, I will be taking it. <laughs> and no woman who's experienced the benefits of hormones is going to stop taking the hormones. There's no reason to. And there's major consequences for stopping, like bone loss, for example. It happens very quickly once a woman stops. So here's what I say. Take the right amount of hormones for your whole life. 
and you will be so grateful. You'll be at less risk and you'll be able to do so many things that you will not be able to do unless you replenish the hormones. What's the right amount? Well, it's not youthful levels. Like, for example, some young women need this much estrogen to menstruate and be fertile and have regular periods. Other young women need three times as much to be healthy, young, regularly menstruate, and fertile. The dosages for most women in menopause are right below that. And we prove it on 24-hour urine hormone testing, which to me is an absolute and important thing to do. Because if a woman takes hormones and she gets the lowest dose for the shortest period of time, you can achieve symptom alleviation with low doses, but you cannot protect the bones and the vagina just for openers with dosages that are too low. So many women get fooled into thinking, well, they're getting adequate hormone replenishment because they don't have hot flashes anymore. But for 50% of the women who get rid of the hot flashes, but their dose is too low, they won't protect their bones in their vagina. It's 50%. I did a study myself. A woman can say, wow, I started taking hormones and I feel better. Yes, 50% of those women will test at dosages too low to protect their bones and vagina. So you want to get it right. That's the main thing. You want to get the right dose for the rest of your life. How you find the right test with a practitioner who offer this kind of test? How you find this kind of practitioner who think the same way like you think? Because there's so many that it's kind of, I find for myself very difficult to make a hormone test. And which is actually the right one? Because I find out from your book that this test that is specifically that you recommend? Yes, it's the 24-hour urine hormone test. And yes, you're naming the hardest thing. It's going shopping and finding somebody. That's the main job a woman has, is go find somebody. And the main thing I do is I train and mentor physicians and nurse practitioners how to do this work. And you want someone who's going to devote the time to specializing in it. Every other branch of medicine developed specialization in the 1990s, at least, or the early 2000s. Specialized obstetrician and gynecologist, specialized neurologist, not menopause and hormones, because that whole field got shut down by that study. So no one decided to specialize in it. You need someone who's got special training and special knowledge. We're working on Canada because in 1968, my brother received a draft notice to go fight in Vietnam, and we crossed the border into Canada, and Canada received him. And my brother has daughters and sons, and we've got daughters and daughter-in-laws, three of them in Vancouver. So we're getting them the hormones, and we're working on a big company to distribute the organic oils base. And we're looking for the gynecologist. So maybe if you could find one, doesn't have to be a gynecologist, could be a nurse practitioner. We'll train them. We have a whole training program. We'll mentor them. One of the reasons I wrote the book is I think that it's important that women in this day and age know a lot so they know how to do it. And if they can just get a provider to start them on proper hormones, my book will tell you how to find the right dose. You start low, and you gradually increase the dosages until your symptoms go away. And if you take too much, you're going to get symptoms of overdose. These things are powerful. So a woman who takes too much estrogen, most women are going to get breast tenderness. So you back down, 
And then once you feel like you feel much better, you feel like yourself, you do the 24-hour urine hormone test. So we need someone in Vancouver and Toronto, and maybe you would find that person and put them in contact and we'll train them. Yeah, I'm in a thinking. I'm in a weak research, honestly. Good. We even have a clue. There's a gynecologist in Vancouver. There's also Dr. Geraldine Pryor. I don't know that if she is taking patients anymore. She's a wonderful researching doctor, an expert on progesterone. But there's another doctor that we've heard about that my niece found. And we're trying to inspire this doctor to take our course. But if a woman reads my book, if someone will prescribe her hormones, give her topical estrogen, that means you apply it to your skin and progesterone and testosterone. You need the testosterone. You must have it. Then a woman can pretty much get close to the right dose. And then it's figuring out how to get the test. The company that we use does ship to Canada, can receive tests from Canada. And then there's people crossing the border. I know their names. They're getting the hormones from the, the United States. So it is possible to do. So it's very interesting. How you determine the proper doses? Well, 84% of women in midlife, as their ovaries are starting to not work anymore, they get symptoms. They get hot flashes, night sweats, mood disturbances, anxiety, depression, sleep disturbances, vaginal dryness, irritability, loss of thinking strength. They get a bunch of symptoms. So you start on low dosages and you gradually increase the dosages. And if you're getting it right, and I describe the process in my book, if you get it right, symptoms will start going away. Then the best thing that can happen, usually at the two to four month mark, the woman will say, oh my God, I feel better. I'm sleeping. I'm thinking clearer. That's the point we test just to confirm. But that first part of getting symptom alleviation is a great thing. So that's how we do it. We start low. In the book, I list symptoms of low estrogen, and a woman understands it. They're waking up in the middle of the night with a racing mind. They know that they've got that. And so what happens is they start taking estrogen, and if they keep increasing the dose, what happens is they start sleeping. They stop waking up, and they go, this stuff must be working. If they go too high, they're going to overstimulate breast glandular tissue, and they'll get some breast tenderness. No problem. They just cut it back. However high they went, they reduce it. And we do the same thing with testosterone. There's symptoms of low testosterone. So we start low and we gradually increase until those symptoms go away. And same with progesterone. There's symptoms. So we start with low dosages, gradually increase, alleviate the symptoms of too low. And if we go too high, we back down and then we test. That's mean you need to be observed by specialists often and follow up and also do the test often to see how it's going. We usually only test once. Once a woman says, I feel better, then we test her hormone levels and make minor adjustments to the dosage sometimes. The main thing you need is someone to write a prescription. Okay. You need a doctor or a nurse practitioner in the United States or a physician's assistant to actually write the prescription. And because women need testosterone, you need someone with a narcotics license in the United States. 
My guess is it's the same in Canada. Yes, yes. And, you know, best thing, a woman finds a physician or a nurse practitioner who's good at this. <laughs> That's the best thing. So maybe you'd do the research. If your interview is going out to a lot of women, maybe you would launch a search for the Vancouver area for a physician who wants to be trained by us, who wants to get great at this. And it's a great field. It's, it's such a rewarding field for doctors and nurse practitioners to do because they get good results. That's not necessarily true with other diagnoses. Some of those diagnoses, they're slow and hard. But when you treat women in menopause and men in andropause, you get results 95% of the time that are very, very, very rewarding to the women and men and very rewarding to the provider because it works. I believe that. I believe that it can be very rewarding. I get from your book that for different hormones, they can be applied in different way, uh, topical to skin or oral pills. Uh, what do you suggest? Well, best practice, best medicine, estrogen is applied to the skin. Oral estrogen has problems. And I describe those problems in the book, like women on the birth control pill, which were getting oral estrogen, a certain small percentage of them got blood clots. And there's reasons for that. They had blood clots in their legs. Some of those blood clots broke loose and traveled to their lungs. There's no reason to take estrogen by mouth. It's not the safest and most effective way. Same with testosterone. Testosterone should be applied to the skin. And best way to make these hormones is to put them in organic oils. So our company is associated with a company that produces a certified organic oils base for the pharmacist. Because the usual thing they're put in is creams and gels. That's certainly, if that was the only thing I had, I would use it all the time. Those are strong solvents. They get them up in the solution. They need strong solvents. So I'm not a fan of that because strong solvents have a certain toxic potential. These are not in solution. So you have to rotate the bottle to get them mixed up. That's what you have to do before you use them. They're in suspension. They work really well. So best case for topical, biased, which is the best estrogen, and testosterone, apply it to the skin. Progesterone can be applied to the skin or it can be taken by mouth. It's safe to take progesterone by mouth. Okay. And many doctors prescribe that. In DHEA, it's also possible to take it by mouth, although we combine it with the testosterone. So we combine it so it's applied to the skin. What I find, it was more easy to go to Bulgaria, find a doctor to prescribe me the small dosage of testosterone, I think was, or something similar than here in Canada. I was in Sofia, Bulgaria in 1962. I was in Sofia. Sofia, yes. Sofia, excuse me. Yes. In 1962, I was hitchhiking through Europe. Were you born in 1962? You don't have to say. Not yet. Not yet. I was. I am born in 1974. <laughs> I was hitchhiking around Europe, and I hitchhiked through Bulgaria. Yeah, it was communist times too. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Very different. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and it's changed a lot from then. Now then, it's after 89 or so, but we have a very good specialist there, uh, very good doctors, but um, not very much technology to develop many things. And yeah, they are more open like to discuss this topic and uh, to prescribe this kind of treatment than here in Canada. 
That's great. Yeah. If the woman isn't in menopause or her symptoms is mild, what she can do? I describe this in the book too, because menopause is a funny word. Like men and women, we put out our best hormones and our most hormones at the age of 20, and then we decline. And some women in their 30s who are still having periods still have hormonal decline. The, the usual thing that they need is, is progesterone. And you can even get progesterone over the counter. It means you don't need a prescription. And uh, so that's one of the best things to do. And I describe when the best time to do that is in my book. And it can be as early as in your 30s, even before your periods stop, because the estrogen has also declined. It's great for many women. They need the estrogen, too. So the job becomes the same. A woman has to go hunting or shopping for someone who can write those prescriptions. And uh, everybody who listens to this episode, they can have this free PDF format of the book in the show notes uh, so that you can download and read the book. And also you can have a link for uh, assessment. You offer also that they can do some kind of assessment or get in contact with some of your specialists also. You provide a lot of information. I can provide information in uh, show notes so that everybody can benefit and take a decision, informative decision and get in touch with your organization, with your professional uh, specialist. Yes. So that they can make this test and get the proper treatment. And I'm so glad that I have you today in this episode. You provide so valuable information and you give as a gift your book for everyone who wants to read the book. I started reading. I'm not finished yet, <laughs> but I find that very interesting and very informative and useful for every woman. I hope that every woman can get this book or listen to this episode. And uh, thank you again to be with me today. Thank you, everyone, to listen to this episode and just make a research and find what is best for you and read the book. Specifically, read the book. It can be very, very beneficial. Uh, see you in the next episode. Uh, take good care of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, eHeartRadio, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopausesupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.